What's up, everybody? You are listening to a very special mini-sode, a special extra episode of No Coast Cinema here on WGM+. We are your guide to cinema here in the city of Chicago. I'm Tom Hush. And I'm Connor Cornelius. And we're so excited to be doing this extra little extra little thing we're doing because it is that time of year again. It's Oscar season! Get the jazz hands out! I'm gonna win an award! And junk George Clooney! You're gonna finally get acknowledgement for your art! Oh, but the Oscars are still white. Uh, <laughs> they tried, but it's still pretty white. But they're trying, God damn, and God bless them at the same time. Yeah. Ah. All right, Oscar season 2018. Uh, coming off the heels of a pretty incredible year in film. Uh, both in- both incredible in good ways and incredible in bad ways. Now, Tom, is that a uh, reference to the fact that Ferdinand was selected for Best <laughs> Animated Feature? Yeah, I, honestly, yes. That was, a, <laughs> that was what I was going for. Uh, yeah, a lot of things happened in 2017, um, both with movies and things surrounding movies. And uh, this is going to be a pretty interesting Oscar season. Um, I think maybe when we get after the actual event, we'll talk more about uh, the effect of the Time's Up and Me Too movements and also uh, this post-Harvey Weinstein Hollywood and the effect that it's had on the award show. Uh, we already got to see what happened with the Golden Globes. You know, there were a lot of big moments, a lot of call-outs, a lot of, um, you know inspiring moments for people who are saying enough is enough in terms of the uh, horrible misogyny in Hollywood uh, and you know it's a step forward is it going to fix everything no I think there's a long road ahead but um, I think we're in an interesting place with movies but anyway uh, for this we wanted to talk a little bit about the nominees uh, who we want to pick to win uh, and also who we think is going to win it's it's we're doing a difficult thing here yeah but i think what we're going to we're going to concretize our votes as the picks of who we think is going to win and then maybe we'll throw in a quick sidebar of who we think should win because they're not going to really coincide isn't that weird though every year with the oscars i sit down and i'm making my list and i'm just like do i go with who i think is going to win or who i want to win because an age-old conundrum i mean it's this i mean as the vote when the academy votes they vote for who they want to win right right but as us you know sitting on the outside simply uh you know we're going to be at home wa- yeah weighing in and we're going to be sitting at home like watching it on TV it's uh kind of an interesting thing to try and do a little um a little bit of guessing so uh without further ado let's jump into these categories so Connor, we decided that we are not going to cover every single category. We're going to be looking at about 10 of them. Right. And they're a little bit more of things that we have a say in, right? Because we haven't seen a lot of the things that are going to be getting awards this year. Absolutely. Those are, there's a smaller categories uh, like short documentary feature, even best foreign language film. A lot of those movies have not gotten a commercial release in the U.S. or it's been it's difficult to get out and see them without having to get like go find a copy or something like that and then in other situations they're just absolute runaway 
categories like best song best animated feature coco pixar's new movie coco is going to win the oscar for that yeah i mean and we'll we'll touch on those nominees because it really is uh you know they're not really putting up their best if you ask me but you know only so much you can do i suppose with best animated feature sometimes you know it depends on what's released that year but uh we're obviously going to focus on the big ones and the more contentious ones right and uh hopefully give you a i don't know insight into what we're thinking is going to win maybe help you make your own oscar ballot so let's start with the biggest one right away best picture all right this is the one that everybody uh wants to get right you know you can get a lot of those other ones wrong maybe best actor best director but if you can guess best picture you feel kind of like a fucking genius yeah (laughs) like you're my my finger is on the pulse of cinema (laughs) it's like before the playoffs guessing who wins the super bowl yeah i mean and it sucks because every year i tell myself this is i don't get the oscars odds screw the oscars you know they never get it right they're always picking these types of movies they give into oscar bay and it's and it's easy to just like ignore it it's impossible to ignore the oscars i get swept up in it but i also think that this year's it's kind of a testament to how great of a year it was for movies 2017 because i'm not going to really be upset by any of the like if i'm wrong in another you know another movie that i didn't pick ends up winning i don't really think there's no this isn't like a la la land situation i don't think where i'm going to be pissed if one thing wins over another that's true yeah i think you're right it is a really strong year this is a pretty diverse group of films here that tackle things that i never would have expected to see being in best picture you know uh i guess i'll say i've you know i've famously pseudo famously in my own head uh oh it's famous disagree with a lot of the oscars picks in the past uh my biggest bugaboos are crash in 2005 which is a big one that uh, a lot of people well i think it was the 2006 oscars crash came out like you know i don't even remember because it was such a bad goddamn movie (laughs) but um that one best picture one year and also uh i really don't get why forrest gump ever won best picture okay Um, all right it's oscar bait deal with it yep all right it's no arguments there tom i it's not that i hate (laughs) tom hanks (laughs) It's just, it's baby boomer pornography, okay? And let's leave it at that. All right, so this year, the nominees for Best Picture are Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, That one already wins the award for longest name of the bunch. So congratulations, Three Billboards. And I'm glad that they put it last, not just because it's alphabetized. Is it? Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that makes sense. All right. So, Connor, um, out of all (laughs) these nominees... And again, strong set of nominees. Yep. Who is your pick? Uh, There's no way in my mind that any movie will win best picture this year it's going to be the post tom it's going to be the post and i'll tell you why are you dead serious i'm dead serious it's going to be the post and I'll, i'll tell you why notwithstanding the you know spielberg directing having tom hanks and meryl streep be in a movie together uh have the hosts of mr show together which was sort of a treat to see um i don't think I think that this movie is so timely, even though it was set back, you know, decades ago, uh, before Watergate, when, um, 
when the Washington Post was a relatively unknown paper, it's described in the movie as just a mom and pop paper, you know. Um, it's so timely. It really reaffirms the importance of the media in being able to call out uh, what the government is doing. And it really reframes, in my opinion, in a year that was fraught with our government fighting and damning the media, I don't think that the fact that it is set in an older time period and it's so relevant to today uh meryl streep's character is the owner of the washington post at the time and she's the first female to ever own a a a news a major newspaper like that correct yeah her character yeah and just her role just having a, a female role being in such a position of influence with the all of the conversation that's going around with gender equality in hollywood there's not really another movie in my mind that addresses the problems that we witnessed in 2017 in such a i don't know just in such an interesting way and in my opinion there's been no there's definitely been no other movie besides you know get out uh probably that addresses that and there's no way that i i just have no I will be flabbergasted, and I'll say that. I'll be flabbergasted if The Post doesn't win Best Picture. I appreciate the argument, but here here's my problems with it. And I'm not saying that The Post is a bad movie at all or that it shouldn't be nominated, but how many times do we have to see this movie? It's a prestige picture, picture directed by Steven Spielberg, right. starring Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks, two of easily the most likable people in Hollywood <laughs> of all time. Meryl Streep, I think, is up there with like the most decorated actress in cinema ever in terms of Academy Awards. And... That's not to say that they don't turn in good performances here. And I mean, you could put Meryl Streep in virtually. They put Meryl Streep in Into the Woods and she still got nominated. And that movie is terrible. It is. And so it's a testament to Meryl Streep that she can be put into pretty much any situation and still be really fun to watch and really interesting and engaging because she's Meryl Streep. It's what she does. My problem is, is that the post. How many times have we seen this movie before? Uh, a bunch all the president's men spotlight from only a few years ago and i i understand that's timeliness and i think that's why it is a good movie to watch and people should get out there and watch it the post is a great a great flick but my thing is is that there's nothing it doesn't push a whole lot of boundaries it is representative of the year but in terms of filmmaking it's so standard no i agree with you tom but i would rebut your argument with how many times have we seen this movie how many times have we seen the academy give best picture to a movie that we've seen hundreds of times before that's true and i mean that's uh, what it comes down to is that we're doing the pick for what's going to win uh we're hedging our bets here so i mean initially my initial thoughts on best picture were kind of coupled with best director because they often go hand in hand in a lot of ways yeah um i originally saw two scenarios one the post wins best picture because timeliness and steven spielberg and meryl streep and tom hanks and yada 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 and then guillermo del toro wins for best director because they kind of owe him something after 25 years of beautiful filmmaking that he has not been recognized for formally by the academy the other scenario i saw was the post wins best picture because (laughs) of 
everything said above and then jordan peele wins best director because he came in with a a film debut that absolutely shook everybody out of their you know out of their skulls not only from a creative standpoint from a business standpoint and from and from when it was released in the year february exactly it changed it it i mean as much as deadpool carved out that february get out came in and did it with something that was a lot more forward thinking and a lot more interesting for a lot of audiences but i'm going to give you my pick right now and i think this is going to win it and it's going against my initial impressions i think it's going to be the shape of water i think the shape of water will get best picture and this movie has been nominated for 13 oscars it it leads the pack yeah it has the most nominations it's not going to set any records for number of nominations uh but it leads in nominations it is i think all around something that the academy can get on board with it's a very classic tale it's very old hollywood but it's for for this idea of rebranding the academy as a more forward-thinking entity it is genre it is so heavily genre film it's about the love story of a woman a mute woman and a fish man which on paper sounds crazy but the thing is is that guillermo del toro does that that is literally what he does best is make these beautiful fairy tales and it's full of great performances and i think it would be a pick for the academy that would bring in a lot of goodwill for them now get out would also do that because get out is also very genre from a budding filmmaker taking on a uh, you know the the a real de, social horror yeah the joie de vivre i think the 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 zeitgeist the spirit of the times of 2017 i Absolutely. think get out is that movie but for me, while Get Out was my favorite movie of the year, I think Shape of Water is another one of my favorites that I really enjoyed, and I think it will get that best picture. All right. Let's move on to Director, which we touched on a little bit. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, what do you got, Connor? Who do you think gets it? All right. Uh, Guillermo del Toro. I'm, Agreed. I'm throwing it to Guillermo del Toro. Uh, this is his moment. This yeah. is his moment to finally get recognized for everything he's done over the last couple of decades. And I would like to just say, because we're not going to be doing production design, we're not going to be talking about that, but um, the way that that movie is made, it, like you said, it's kind of a classical story of, you know, love between two star-crossed people. Mm-hmm. Um the way that that <clears throat> the way that that movie was made, I've never really seen anything like it. Unbelievable, and for for the amount of money that it was made for, yeah, the 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 budgets were the budget of Pan's Labyrinth, which came out I want two thousand seven, yeah, two thousand six, two thousand seven, somewhere in that mid two thousands. That it had virtually Shape of Water and Pan's Labyrinth had virtually the same budget, and not adjusting for inflation, that's incredible. Yeah, Guillermo del Toro knows how to work with less because he's he came up the independent international cinema Mm -hmm. that's what he was doing he was doing international cinema and he's always had that sensibility about him so and he's he's surrounded by incredibly talented people that he works with frequently and he does a really good job and he makes it happen this is his year this is his year to be recognized for best director and i think he's a shoe-in so we're agreeing on this but as i scroll down the uh list it's heavyweights it really i mean paul thomas anderson greta gerwig with a fantastic debut in ladybird chris nolan and george Jordan Peele, again, fantastic debut with Get Out. I mean, this is probably one of the biggest 
direct, you know, best director categories I've seen in a long time, and Steven Spielberg isn't even involved. Nope. Which is great. Great. It is. It's crazy and great. It's crazy. It's great. Great. <laughs> Slap a copyright on that. Because Steven Spielberg, he's he's an American treasure. He's made some of the greatest films, the greatest American films of all time. Easily one of the greatest American filmmakers of all time. But it's he's on he's on the bottom end of that bell curve he's making good movies but they're they're standard even bridge of spies which was a really solid solid movie written by the coen brothers uh to me wasn't anything particularly special it was just good like you said it's prestige pictures at this point for him yeah he's just and now he's got ready player one and he's doing 80s nostalgia he's literally gone into a full circle how much how much more meta can you get with making a movie about a book that's heavily inspired by steven spielberg that's directed by steven spielberg yeah that's full circle and it's a flat circle at that (laughs) <laughs> but to see to, you're listening to time you're listening the podcast. to time yeah. <laughs> nothing matters let's all walk into extinction hand in hand anyway to see this list of of nominees for the best director role of these relative newcomers knowing that spielberg could have been nominated and wasn't it's it's definitely encouraging to your point that hollywood is trying to uh bring its you know to bring its award its most coveted award program to you know newer audiences and trying to progress it a little bit yeah and and let's just be honest these are the people who were making you know and i'm not a believer in meritocracy I, you know some people are like well it doesn't really matter you know if they're what uh you know ethnicity they are or what gender they are it does matter because it just does but at the end of the day it is merit here because greta gerwig did turn out one of the best young adult films like young young adult focused films i've ever seen scene yeah ladybird is fantastic i loved it and she's only one of i think five female directors to ever be nominated for an oscar in the hundred plus years that cinema has existed and then same over to jordan peele he is of a very uh you know small group of african-american men who have been nominated for uh best director so the fact is is that we're pushing ourselves forward here and you know the fact paul thomas anderson is great yep um you know, we figured he was going to be in there. He's one of the he's one of the masters. I really don't think he cares if he wins or not. Yeah, uh, Chris Nolan, I'm pretty sure doesn't realistically care, but he is he is like uh, he knows what he made. Yeah, he knows what his body of work is, and he knows that he has his fans out there. Um, actor in a leading role. Yeah. So now, this is speaking this, of moving yeah. things forward. Let's take it back a little bit. Yeah. Because Hollywood's got to you know Hollywood's got to dish it out to the to their boys. Yeah. It's um, three people that could I could have you know thrown a dart and it probably would have landed on them. Right. Like you know what I mean. It's just very it's heavyweights. But we do have two surprise nominees. So at the uh, at the top. Let's start with the people who we figured were going to get nominated anyway. Daniel Day-Lewis is in a movie. He's getting a nomination. Yeah, he he's he's the male Meryl Streep. Yeah. You know, he he really is he and that's not to say he's not fantastic, but he is he's going to get nominated for basically whatever. Uh Gary Oldman for his role his turn as Winston Churchill in The Darkest Hour and Denzel Washington, another like I didn't even know he had a movie out. Yeah, Roman J. Israel Esquire. That's the film he was nominated for. Um, 
a pretty lukewarm reception, if I remember correctly. I didn't get the chance to see it. Uh, yeah, I mean, he just kind of got nominated. Um, I don't think people were really expecting it, but hey, Denzel. We all love Denzel. Yeah. Um, for the folks who are who we didn't, well, we kind of expected. I expected one of them, did not expect the other. Uh, Timothy Chalamet for Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. Surprising. And well, no, you know what? Not, not that surprising. Not as surprising as the other one. As Daniel Kaluuya forget out and wow what an incredible performance that was sure so understated very in the face well Um, especially especially when it's he's british yeah he's british and basically played the uh you know i couldn't have told you that he wasn't i couldn't have told i thought he was american from seeing the movie yeah i had no idea yeah it wasn't until that i i I ended up watching uh the episode of black mirror that he's in that i was like oh what the fuck that (laughs) that is definitely a natural british accent that's not like (laughs) he's not affecting that no and um but timothy chalamet's had a great year he's in two oscar nominated movies yeah uh but two the two movies that he appears in have both been nominated for best picture for multiple oscars so he's in call me by your name he is the protagonist of Call Me By Your Name. But he also appears in Lady Bird as one of her amorous teens. Oh, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. He's the, the smolder. Yeah, he's the dude. He's like the dude who seems to be like really into the strokes and shit. Yeah. Like, you know? <laughs> he's reading books at parties because he's just a prick. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, he's the he's the guy that I think uh, very young white suburban me wanted to be. <laughs> Because it's just like, oh, he's not like... He's sitting by the pool away from everybody. Uh, he's got a dark past, but not really. Oh. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> and I feel bad that I kind of like... I'm just like, oh, man, I wanted to be that kid so bad. Now, in retrospect, I'm really glad I didn't turn out that way. But um, my pick is Gary Oldman. Yeah, so is mine. it's pretty obvious. They're going to give it to Gary Oldman, even though The Darkest Hour is a very average... I really liked it. I gotta say, I was impressed I was with good. I was impressed with the levity that they brought to such a dark time because, on paper, it's a very stuffy movie, and I think it still has some of that stuffiness too. Like it's very again, we, we and it sacrifices authenticity. I think for some of probably, its lightheartedness, yeah. like and, let's not forget how callous of a diplomat Winston, Winston Churchill yeah. was. And uh, honestly, I'd rather you know if we could give another award to john lithgow for his portrayal of winston churchill and the crown which i think does capture that callous nature and that you know gary oldman disappears into every role he does and he's a great actor but i want to call this one the leo the official leo dicaprio sorry we didn't give this to you for an earlier better role (laughs) yeah exactly you know there's a number of roles i would have rather leo dicaprio win that award for other than what he did for the revenant which was a good film but why that one because people were kind of tired of him not having an oscar i think at the end of the day and for gary oldman the point stance is that they're going to recognize him. This is his legacy award. This is his prestige award. He sat through enough hours in the makeup chair to finally earn that th- place on his pedestal. Bingo. He he. At least he didn't have to eat raw meat yeah. like, or sleep to... inside of a horse. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the same thing for best director when Mar- uh, when Marty Scorsese won for The Departed. Is The Departed a great movie? Yeah, I love The Departed. Depart The Departed. The Departed. Yes. You're a co-op. You're a fucking cop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great. I, it's a really great, fun. It's very Scorsese, but like, it's very was, Scorsese. is that his best movie? No, 
it's no. It's a great movie though. He he deserved it for that for sure. I think. Well, I mean, it's they gave it to him for the Departed because they should have given it to him for Raging Bull. You know, that's that's what I'm trying to say. At yeah. the end of the day, that's fair. Um, so we're both for Gary Oldman. I would love to see Timothy Chalamet win. I, would, I really would love to see that happen. Upset Gary Oldman because he's he's young. He was in a very you know a fantastic movie call me by your name he did a great job i would love to see him get that win daniel kalia if you know that would be fantastic as well i don't think he's really uh got big expectations i don't have huge expectations for him to upset gary oldman daniel day lewis and timothy chalamet who are all probably favorites ahead of daniel kalia but i want to say it right here and now fantastic performance from daniel kalia and uh get out Absolutely. Do you have a favorite uh, in this category? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that Daniel Kaluuya's performance was my favorite. I do. I like the story behind Daniel Day Lewis, the kind of creative partnership that he and P.T. Anderson have. He actually named his character in Phantom Thread um, Woodcock, something Wood, what Reynolds Woodcock or yeah. something like that. Um, and that was kind of interesting to hear about, but I'm tired of Daniel Day-Lewis winning Best Actor. I mean, he and obviously, all- to your point, disappearing into roles. That's what he's known for. Yeah. And I could see it, but I think that if I could be overjoyed by an actor winning, Daniel Kaluuya winning Best Actor for that That'd performance. That would be wild. Yeah. That would be, be very wild. great. I would, not, I would not be upset with that at all. I wouldn't be sitting down yeah. if that happened. Well, speaking of uh, shoe-ins, let's get to actress in a leading role. Uh, Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water, Margot Robbie for I, Tanya, Shirsi uh, Ronan, pardon me, Shirsi Ronan for Lady Bird, Meryl Streep for The Post, and in my opinion, the obvious winner, not my favorite, but the obvious winner, Francis McDormand for Three Billboards. Yeah, I would agree. But I do think that there is a chance that Sally Hawkins could take it. I I would I would put the dark horse on either Shershi Ronan or Margot Robbie. That's fair. I I honestly would most want to give it to Margot Robbie. For I, Tanya. I saw I, Tanya. I think overall as a film, it's not it's not as great as the sum of its parts. Um, but I friggin' loved Mario Roby's performance. I thought she... It was incredible. I, I really didn't know what I was going to get into going in, and I thought she really killed it. Um, Frances McDormand is great. She's a legend. And, and her performance in Three Billboards is is very good and it suits the uh the legend it does well. it really does is i mean she's a total hard ass but my thing is is that there's there's almost a lack of nuance at times to what she's doing it's so very itself that it can't like she has this idea of who this character is and she doesn't really deviate from it at all and i i it's tough to talk about great performances like this because you don't want to sound bitter and you don't want to sound like, well, I just didn't like it. Right. And, but I think criticizing it for a lack of dimensionality, I agree with that. I think that, I think that that's a fair criticism of her performance in it. It's, I think maybe it has more to say about the writer director, Martin McDonough more than it does about her. I'm not sure. I'm not entirely sure, but I, I, I think she's going to walk away with it. Uh, almost hands down, um, Margot Robbie would be a great surprise. Um, 
Shorshi Ronan would be a great surprise as well, but I think we're both saying Francis McDormand. Yeah. It's a very ob- it seems like a very obvious choice. Right. Um again, another obvious choice, supporting role. Yeah. Actor in a supporting Actor role. Actor in a supporting role. Okay. It's gonna go to Sam Rockwell for three billboards. It is. He already has the Golden Globe. Um, and it was a good performance. It was a good performance. And, uh, he to, carried he carried that aspect. And to backtrack a little bit, I bl- Francis McDormand also won for three billboards at the Golden Globes. Yeah, um, which is always got a, the, they also got the SAG Award for best ensemble cast. I didn't I didn't look that up. I yeah. didn't see who who won those. Yeah, they got the they got the SAG Award for best ensemble cast, which is like the SAG Awards version of best picture. Right. Um, but let's look at these other performances. Actually, two nominations for three billboards. Uh, Woody Harrelson's got the other one. And I honestly, I'll be real with you. I liked Woody Harrelson's performance more. But Sam Rockwell's going to get it just for the sheer visceral nature of what he's doing. Yeah. Um, and vo- it fit him very well. It did. It's very Sam Rockwell. Um, and he's a great actor. I, I sincerely love his work. I sincerely do. Uh, Willem Dafoe nominated. I would say he's my favorite. He's I want him favorite. to. I want him to win. And he's the dark horse as well. I'd I'd say. I'm surprised that yeah, it's a supporting role. Would you agree with that? As for Willem Dafoe's character, oh, it, it is a supporting like- role. It is a, it is a supporting role, and I understand why. Uh, saying otherwise might make sense, but it. The movie is not about he's his character is fantastic and he does a great job, but he is in a supporting role. Right. The the girl and her mother are her, are the the main roles. I just think that with what that movie is, with what uh, the Florida Project, by the way, I don't know if we said the name, but yeah, with what the Florida Project is, Willem Dafoe's role in that movie was more. I ju- I don't know. I just think it was more powerful as a supporting role than any of the other nominees. And that's and that's the thing for me as well. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly is that, you know, with his supporting role, he was so strong in that movie that it felt like leading role like talking about doing more with less yeah exactly that's willem dafoe all the way and i think i think that's that whole movie um i'll i'll take a moment here to express uh utter disappointment that the florida project is not nominated for best picture um i think that they the fact that they nominated both the post and darkest Darkest Hour hour is silly they the post is there is their feel good oscar bait um and at least it's good. You know, unlike a lot of Oscar bait, at least this is actually good. Right. Uh, the Darkest Hour is a solid movie. I don't have a ton of big complaints about it other than it doesn't really do anything particularly new or different or interesting with its source material. The Florida Project is great. It is fantastic. It is so good. And the fact that it did not get a Best Picture nod is... Um, it really is just it's just disappointing it didn't get anything for the golden globes either right it really and, didn't get much and that's uh, the academy's you know that's the academy's foible showing yeah right? well, i think we'll look back on the florida project and i think with uh sean baker uh, yeah sean baker's his name the director when you look back at his first film tangerine I think that's another movie that they missed another missed opportunity to really push a very original and very 
uh, powerful, powerful, exactly powerful voice in film. I don't think this is the last we're going to see of Sean Baker. The Florida Project was too good for this to be his, you know, last movie that's going to be up, you know, up for potential awards. I think maybe his whatever his next one is. Who knows? I hope it starts getting some more recognition for him because he's uh, fantastic. Um. So we got Sam Rockwell, Sam Rockwell actor in a supporting role, pretty I, much taking it. Pretty much taking it. I would really like Willem Dafoe. I would really like Willem Dafoe, but I don't really see that happening. Yeah. Um, actress in a supporting role. Pretty pretty interesting category here. Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, I only really think that one person is going to win, but I could see it going to anyone. Um. I mean, it would be why I would love to see Octavia Spencer win again because she already has an actor uh, best uh, supporting which, role for which I want to say the help. Oh, OK. Um, a nod or a no. She, she has win. a win. She has a win. Oh, OK. She's an Oscar winner. Um, and she had it. Well, it's you know, it's interesting that they put her in for the shape of water. Um, and I mean, it does. I guess it doesn't really matter all that much because she's a great actress. She did a great job in the great in the shape of water. But uh Earlier this year, Hidden Figures. Right. Right? Yeah. People wow. forgot about that movie pretty quickly. I really enjoyed that movie a lot. <laughs> I, I very much enjoyed uh, Hidden Figures. So, And I think that was a bigger role for her maybe than this. Um, she had a lot more to do in it, and I yeah. enjoyed watching her more. I mean, Octavia Spencer is just a delight, and I mean, if she doesn't win, she doesn't win. People already love her, right? Um, well, let's run back down the uh, the nominees here. Mary J. Blige for Mudbound. I have not seen Mudbound yet. It is. I mean, th- that is probably the easiest one to go see because it's on Netflix. That's true. They bought it at Sundance last year. Uh, it's. I have not gotten the chance to see it either, but it's interesting. Mary J. Blige, um, known female uh, music artist. Yep. You know, interesting to be seeing her getting getting that Oscar nod. Let's see where that goes. Uh, Leslie, yeah, Leslie Manville for Than- Man- uh, Phantom Thread. Lori Metcalf. Yep. Lady Bird. The- Lady Bird from the Steppenwolf. <laughs> from the Steppenwolf here in Chicago. La- Lori Metcalf. And the front runner, I think a lot of people would say, uh, is Allison Janney for her role as Tanya Harding's mother in I, Tanya. Um, I think this is the only one where I couldn't bring myself to say, oh, this one's going to win. I'm going to pick this one. I purposely did not pick the person that I think will win. Right, because I think that I I would not be surprised if it went to somebody other than what I... And I know that we're we're agreeing here <coughs> on who wins, or on our I'm pick. saying Laurie Metcalf. I'm saying Laurie Metcalf as well. Yeah. Um, and... I think that's a lot closer of a race than uh, than people would think. Um, the by the way, the Oscar ballot we're using is here on the New York Times dot com. It's a great interactive one, and it shows you the percentage of readers as they picked. You know, as they you know, you click your you click your pick, and it tells you the percentage of people that picked that. Um, and Allison Janney is the is the front runner front with thirty eight percent of the vote, but then Lori Metcalf second place twenty seven. Yeah, and I think that's a lot i think it's realistically a lot closer than people would think Lori metcalf and lady bird is just so good and so it, fantastic and that's the thing about that movie is that Lori metcalf's character and uh shars shorshi shorshi ronan's character they're very similar and they very much carry themselves in the same way um and so i'm i'm not necessarily surprised Lori metcalf's role is obviously a supporting role but 
I do think that her performance is just as strong as Charcy Ronan's, and I think she's going to win. Yeah, they really. I mean, they feel like mother and daughter. Yeah, I watched it, and and I Tanya, it was. And Allison Janney is so great at just, and I'm I'm going to say this in the nicest way possible. She's so great at just being a bitch. Like <laughs> she really is. She is so good at being mean, and I love her. It's so it's so great. And watching her do it's fantastic. But it's it. I don't know. For me, at no point watching I Tanya did I really feel like I was watching uh, Tanya Harding's mother. I was watching Allison Janney play Tanya Harding's mother. Right. Um, That's, you know, whereas Laurie Metcalf, I disappeared into who she was. And I feel like that's what makes a really strong role is that you can you can watch this role and really feel a character. Right. Not just an impersonation, which I think Allison Janney for as fun, you know, funny, darkly funny and uh, strong as her performance in I, Tanya was. It wasn't something that really transported me. Right. Um, original screenplay tough we'll move through yeah we'll get through some of these ones a little bit quicker uh original screenplay i want to give a quick shout out to the big sick for getting nominated yep uh those nominees are the big sick get out ladybird the shape of water at three billboards um it's a I, tough one i i put it down for get out yeah and i can't argue with that but I think Shape of Water is going to win. I, there's a strong argument in my head. Although three billboards, I think, could easily take this one. Martin McDonough is uh, a fantastic writer. And for all my problems that I have with three billboards, the dude knows how to write a The guy knows how to write a movie. I mean, at the end of the day. And honestly, <laughs> Lady Bird, it's, that's the tightest movie maybe I've seen all year. It re- yeah. There's no fat on that movie whatsoever. No, it's... it's, it's it doesn't meander it no. moves at a pretty great clip uh and for the big sick how great is it to have a romantic comedy nominated you know uh, like i don't know i feel like romantic comedies have really been all over the place for the last like decade or so because well, yeah. you've had some you've had you had the rise of the apatow yeah romantic comedy and that's kind of like on it's kind of done it's not really that good anymore uh but the big sick was just so fresh so original and a real story a true beautiful story um between it's emily v gordon Mm -hmm. and kumail nanjiani who are nominated and it was so funny to go on twitter and look at kumail's twitter feed and emily's twitter feed and just see how happy they were uh because i really think they earned it i think they really did something fantastic with with the big sick but i'm gonna throw it out i'm gonna throw it for get out i'm gonna say get out is gonna win yeah i'm gonna go ahead go ahead and say shape of water i think shape of water is gonna walk away with it but i can't really be angry let's break down like the genres of the nominees here big sick uh romantic comedy based off of a true story Get Out, a social horror movie uh, based on real social horrors. Lady Bird, a coming-of-age comedy in the vein of, like, Napoleon Dynamite. Shape of Water, a romantic story between a deaf and mute woman and a fish man. Yeah. And then Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri, a dark, another kind of dark comedy revenge thriller. Yeah. Th- multi-hyphenate it's, it's, kind it's of It's very crazy. <laughs> For best yeah. original screenplay, that's a good category. That's a good yeah, nothing, set of nominees. Nothing boring here. I'll say that much. Nothing boring. Uh, everything everything listed for or best original screenplay uh, meets... Is, I think that's pro- that might be, outside of best picture, the strongest category 
uh, I've seen. Yeah. Um, adapted screenplay. We've got Call Me By Your Name, the the, the Disaster Artist, uh, the Disaster Artist, the Disaster Artist, Logan. Here we go. Whoa. Superhero alert. Heyo, Molly's Game because Aaron Sorkin, I guess, has to be nominated for something. Yep. Uh, and Mudbound. Um, I'm giving it to Call Me By Your Name because I think this is going to be the cat. This or. Um, best actor is what it's going to win it's not going to get best picture i don't think no um i think it's either it's pretty much going to sew up adapted screenplay yeah and there's a chance for timothy chalamet this is going to be its chance to shine right what are you thinking call i'm me going call me by your name yeah i couldn't i couldn't risk anything else but what would i have liked to see fucking logan that would have been nuts yeah i mean because really really the only superhero movie that's ever won an oscar like a major category oscar was the dark knight for heath ledger's performance as the joker which was legendary but also propped up by the fact that he had died also 10 years mm-hmm. since heath ledger's death all right side note yeah um but yeah i think it's going Sh- to call me by your name yeah it's going to go to call me by your name i will eat my hat if <laughs> if it doesn't you heard it here first we're gonna have it live on facebook yeah, i'll eat my hat <laughs> um foreign language we're gonna skip that one. We're gonna move past that. Animated visual effects? Are we skipping visual effects? Yeah. Let me just let me touch on animated feature because these fucking nominees, <laughs> the Boss Baby, fuck Ferdinand, fuck, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the Breadwinner. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I'm gonna either. be honest with you. Loving Vincent, which is the world's first, uh, like. Painted yeah, animated painted movie. I I feel like that deserves a shot. Put it in its own category. Yeah, I mean, you know, at least they're doing something interesting. Uh, and then Coco, it's going Pixar, to win. Yeah, sew it up. It's done. I I you know, and I Coco was great, but like, it's just it was put up against nothing. It was put up against virtually nothing. The fact that Disney tried to uh, you know copyright the term dia de los muertos oh, yeah. away from the entire you know mexican culture notwithstanding pixar is going to walk away with that one. yeah um sound editing skip it technical skip it. award but still important thank you sound editors uh visual effects here we go i did see uh tell me your pick because i saw your pick oh yeah uh, War for the Planet of the Apes. It's walking away with it. Uh, no. It's walking I mean, away I, with I, it I, on I'm, all haunches. I would love for it to because I think War of the Planet of the Apes was one of the more underrated films of the year. Um, they had like 70 people dress up in those motion capture. It's crazy. I want to see motion capture get Academy recognition. Well, I mean, we'll have to wait. It's The first person that's going to get any recognition for it is going to be Andy Circus, Right. For whatever. He should have been nominated probably what? Golem? Um, yeah, 2001? It, yeah, 2001. Yeah, 2001, 2000, like early 2000s, you know, over 10 years ago, he should have, like 15 years ago, he should have won an Academy Award, but didn't because people didn't understand what they were looking at. And now we get it. Now we understand where we're at. Right. Um, Blade Runner's going to run away with it. Really? I, I legitimately think Blade Runner's going to get it. Yeah. Well, there are some absolutely incredible sequences in that movie. Yeah. But, I mean, War for the Planet of the Apes, pound for pound in terms of, like, the work that went into creating. I mean, it's endemic to the movie. The visual effects are endemic to the movie. 
Otherwise, you don't have War for the Planet of the Apes. So maybe realistically it should win. It's kind of a different vote, though, because I think that Blade Runner's visual effects are served to be more of like a mind-bending situation that suck you into this futuristic world, whereas War for the Planet of the Apes is kind of doing the opposite. It's not trying to mesmerize you. It's not trying to distract you or like question your concept of what's actually happening. It's supposed to look real it's supposed to put itself into a realistic setting yeah i mean it's the it's the issue of trying to convince people to convince people that they should care about a movie about literally like uh anthropomorphized apes right you know (laughs) and i and again i think totally underrated totally underseen um i think people really are going to look back on that apes trilogy this this revival one and be wowed that a blockbuster film could blockbuster films could pull off what they pulled off um i do think that's an interesting category though it is it is a very interesting category are we doing film editing? Yeah, let's do film yeah, editing. Yeah, let's film editing. Um, I like your vote I've, here. I have a protest vote of sorts. <laughs> because, Let me hear it. Uh, and it's for a movie that I didn't even think was one of the best of the year necessarily. I, I really enjoy it now more in retrospect after I've watched it a few times. But uh, let's you know, let's go. Tell us about the front runner. The front runner is going to be Dunkirk uh, because the editing that went into that movie puts you in the shoes of a soldier at dunkirk as you're trying to escape Mm -hmm. the nazi forces and the biggest part about that movie that puts you into that setting is the editing of the movie it's the shot it's the quick cuts it's the shaky cams it's the crazy short like airplanes screaming overhead i would say it's in terms of and i you know i did not choose dunkirk but i'm gonna speak to its credit it's probably the most visually important war film since saving private ryan in terms of defining the look of 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 battle right and um you know capturing the sort of wide-eyed just craziness of it all yeah where, where you know i mean looking back at saving private ryan that introduced janusz kaminski um you know literally defined the way changed the way and def- helped define the way we look at how um war is shown on film and i think dunkirk we're going to look back at that as well and it's it's fantastic narrative editing it, it is. is incredible narrative editing it's it's weird to watch a movie like dunkirk that ha- doesn't really have a plot yeah it's like it's it's a very general plot it's we need to get off of this fucking beach yeah. like you know that's that's it but it tells little stories in of itself and you're never lost as to where you are or why and in the more intense sequences where the people are getting shot at and shot down some of that stuff is debilitating honestly yeah i, I walked away from that movie kind of i didn't realize it at first but it crept up on me there's some shocking stuff in there yeah you had an experience and yeah. i think the film editing um in it, it in conjunction with the directing and everything like that is um it's all part of that uh i personally picked baby driver and the reason i did is because edgar wright is a master of using editing in interesting cinematic ways he, to define his style right he is making a movie he wants it's almost like he wants you to be aware that you are watching an edit because he's winking at you the entire time he did it in Shaun of the dead he did he did in everything Shaun of the dead hot fuzz the world's end scott pilgrim um 
there's all these visual jokes, visual gags, things that are little nods to you saying, hey, I'm here I know what too. it's like. Yeah. yeah, like we're having a relationship here. And Baby Driver, for all my issues with the, the some of the story and, um, and some of the acting elements, is incredibly well edited especially with the whole premise of this being basically like a heist musical yeah with the soundtrack and everything it's done perfectly it is so seamless and and it's just in addition the action sequences are perfect these are some of the best car chases i have ever seen committed to film it is so so good and the reason that they're so good is the editing is the edit and there's the story behind it right i don't know if you want to touch on it yeah i mean this movie was edited live to the music real time real time so they were like actively editing the the movie as they were shooting it right which is incredible and incredibly difficult because the music it had to sync up otherwise the movie falls apart the whole charm of baby driver is this thing that it's this kid is listening to the soundtrack and you're part of it and it's it's diage it's both diegetic and non-diegetic um to define diegesis briefly it's kind of like are the characters is is it the soundtrack or is it the characters are actively hearing something and in this it's it's both right it's both diegetic and non-diegetic sound which is really fucking cool and i think that's the best part of it so film editing i really 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 want baby driver to get the nod i think dunkirk is the probable choice but i'm putting my money down on baby driver and i don't think that anyone would blame you for it baby driver was How editing d- don't even think about blaming me <laughs> oh i thought about it <laughs> and son, i still you might. son of a bitch <laughs> i still might and i'm going with dunkirk <laughs> Fuck you, Tom. Oh Fuck God. your protest. <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> He's All gone. Right. He's. <laughs> uh, hello, this is Frank. I'll be stepping in for Tom Hush. Long time contributor here, Frank. Yes, a long time. Uh, first episode. He's got ago. no last name, as far as I know. Uh, Frank. You look a lot like Tom. I'll uh, say it. He's, you know, he's a close friend of mine. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I don't know why that would mean that we would look similar to each other. I mean, we're just, I think we became friends. Well, you know what they say, you spend enough time with people you really know, you start to look exactly like them. That's something that is said all the time. I hope that's very true for you and I. (laughs) I want your face. (laughs) You got a nice face there, kid. Well, maybe we could do like a face-off thing because I, funnily (laughs) enough, want yours. Well, that's enough for me today. All right, let's get Tom back in here. Producer, get him back. Ugh, yeah, that's God. right. Sit back down. Come on. Jesus. We got a show to do. It's not, you know. <laughs> All right. Original score. <laughs> uh, original score. Uh, solid, solid group here. Dunkirk, Phantom Thread, The Shape of Water, Star Wars The Last Jedi, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, mm. I'm giving it to Phantom Thread because Johnny Greenwood. It's incredible. It's a great it's a, score. Um, yeah. Dunkirk is the front runner here in this New York Times poll. Uh, it's got 40% of the vote. Um, and I think the reason is that is because they went for this really subtle route. Like you're almost, you're not aware 
of what the music's doing to you in that movie, which is really fantastic. But I, I was a little bit more of a fan of Phantom Thread. Um, I'm throwing it down for Phantom Thread because I think it might get the nod here. And I am inclined to agree. It suited the movie very well. The sort of captured the uh, pomposity, if you will, of like the high fashion scene in yeah. London. It did a really it good just, job of that. Yeah, and Johnny Greenwood. I don't know if he won for There Will Be Blood, but There Will Be Blood is my favorite film soundtrack of all time. It is. It really? Is, I love it. I listen to it on its own. Um, I want to point out total snub here for a, a great movie that I watched again recently, uh, Good Time. The, the soundtrack for Good Time, which is done by... Um, the artist you may or may not have heard of him one a tricks point never mm-hmm. i don't i can't remember his real name but uh one a tricks point never he made the most anxiety inducing soundtrack of all time i swear to god there there is no way watching that movie it just it's it's so incredible i feel like it's in such harmony the way that the soundtrack for good time works because it just propels you along and it gets you into this, this world that you're in this very gritty neon soaked New York. And I, I want to tricks point ever. I just want to give him an honorable mention because he really deserved to get something for someone to listen to that soundtrack and just be like, you know, Oh God, it's just, it's exactly what you would hope a movie soundtrack would be like where it is all about what's happening. But of course, instead of something like that, which is something new and relatively new ground, you get, you know, you get John Williams's the last Jedi soundtrack, which was great. But it's fucking star Wars. Exactly. It's like, what do you, it's all variations on kind of similar themes. Yeah. You you want it to fit a mold, which, it does and it is the mold yeah but i think that uh i'm gonna go with not really an outsider it's got the second most number of votes but i think that because we're not going to be talking about sound editing Mm -hmm. uh, i think shape of water could win as well yeah beautiful score yeah the beautiful it is great but i the sound editing in that movie is really why i'm putting the vote in there because Mm -hmm. the going underwater and just the way that they captured that where it all sort of gets muffled and yeah and I just thought that that was Did a, a breathtaking aspect of that movie. All right. Um, I think the last one we're going to cap it off here with is cinematography. And for me, it's again, it's going to, it's, there's very little doubt in my mind. Although according to this New York times poll, uh, it's not what I would have expected. Um, the nominees are blade runner, 2049, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Mudbound, and The Shape of Water. Um, I do want to say that for Mudbound, I believe that is the first woman to ever be nominated for a cinematography award. I'm not and familiar the, but yeah. with the uh, history of that. but Yeah, it's um, the director of photography is Rachel Morrison, and she has made history as being the first female cinematographer to ever be nominated for an Academy Award. So that is very important. That is very, very important. And I can't believe it has taken this long because there have been great female cinematographers all throughout the history of film. Um, I'm going to give it to the most decorated, Roger Deakins. I'm going to give it to Roger Deakins for Blade Runner 2049 because it's just stunning and beautiful and he's won before um but i just i really think he deserves something for blade runner 2049 i agree and looking at the votes here a lot on dunkirk a lot of dunkirk yeah uh 
I understand, I guess, but I'm going to go with Blade Runner as well. I mean, I, w- I will say this, that Dunkirk did have an incredibly uh, distinct look to it. Which it, is difficult. In, yeah. It's a, there's a glut of war movies every fucking year. That look all the same. Right. So I think they really made it look great. Um, but for me, it's Roger Deakins. Uh, far and away. Far and away for me. Because uh, Blade Runner, if it's going to win anything, I think it needs to win for cinematography. Right. It's such a visual movie, just like its predecessor. Um, True. And it, it progresses it as well. I think that in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, it is a step forward for that series. Yeah, it really is. All right. So I, that's pretty much going to do it that's for it. Our, our nominations and our picks. Um, but we want to do something real special here. Uh, this is our first Oscar season mm-hmm. um, as a podcast talking about movies and we want to make it something special so we have decided to make an oscar bet against one another yes and the rules of which are so you've heard it for yourself we've disagreed on a few on a few of the uh picks so in the event that one of us is wrong or both of us are wrong we will be engaging in legal (laughs) side bets yeah we're going to be doing some side bets on uh, on a few of these categories that we will that we want to kind of double down on, as it were. Um, if we really believe that we're going to be right on something, we'll make some side bets. But the overall bet is going to involve you. So we have narrowed it down to about ten of these categories. We got ten categories that we're going to be facing off head to head in. Now, granted, some of these we have the same picks on, so I'm guessing it's going to be a tight. It's going to have to be a tight one, but we're going to be going for the best of ten. See who, on the whole, does better out of those ten categories, and whoever uh, loses, whoever loses, is going to have to watch a really bad movie. <laughs> every single day for the week following the oscars and that is going to be a long week for you tom oh wow i like (laughs) your ballsiness you dumb son of a bitch (laughs) (laughs) oh it's so cute i know watch you sit there in your chair i'm going to oh my god i will send you i will send you a little thing of fucking like act two popcorn Every day, something for you to eat. That would be nice. Except I'm going to take a shit in it. Oh, (laughs) Jesus. Usually got to pay extra for that. No. No, it's uh, I, this is going to be a very fun, friendly wager, and uh, the part that involves you, the listener, is you are going to get to decide what movie that is. Um, when this episode goes up, this is going to be up. Uh, it, it'll be Friday. Today you'll be. Uh, today we're recording. It's Thursday, so it's going up tomorrow for us. We're going to have a poll where you can nominate bad movies that we will have loser will have to watch every day for a week and to you know to keep ourselves honest we will we'll publish we will publish our ballots yeah we're gonna have our are gonna have our ballots out there who we picked so that you can keep us honest no switcheroonies nope no uh no bs no last second write-ins pens are down pen yeah it's over we've already said who we're picking it's over so it's all over for you tom (laughs) (laughs) shit (laughs) uh so you can go on there and um the top seven most voted for films will be well no it's gonna be it's gonna be one film no no wait the top seven for the week i mean right 
because there's going to be different there's going to be people are going to be able to submit their own movies into the poll right so the top seven will be the seven movies that have to be watched for that week yeah absolutely so those are the ones so please pick well or don't don't yeah or just actually pick the worst. Pick the worst ones that you can find. Do whatever you want. But you, in order to vote on this, it's going to be on Facebook. So head on over to facebook.com slash podcast, And that's where you'll be able to find the thread. You can vote. You can discuss. You can conspire against us. Whoever, you know, really put us through the ringer here. Make us watch something terrible. Because uh, we, you know, we deserve it. If we lose, we deserved it. We if earn we every moment our, of it. If we guess our Oscar picks incorrectly... That there's a special place in hell yeah, for, for that. us because we're experts, and you'll get to send us there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna put you to this. Every you have to whoever loses, they need to show like a video or something. I want you to post it on the Facebook of you watching it. Like I want you to prove that you watched it. Sure. That's when fair. you watch it, oh yeah, Connor, I was gonna say you seem so <laughs> you seem very confident that it's gonna be me when I know for a fact, my good sir, that it's going to be oh, you. Jesus. Um, and also, we will be making some side bets throughout this week. You know, as we get closer and closer to the Oscars, as we want, you know, consider some things, see how things shake up. We're going to start making some side bets on uh, some of the categories that we disagree on, because obviously, if it's one that we agree on, we kind of live and die by the sword there. Right. Uh, but I was so, actually looking. We disagree on five of the So there's categories. at least five possible side bets we can make, and these will be non-movie related, and we will challenge each other to them publicly mm-hmm. so that you can uh, know all about what's going on so like we said head on over to facebook.com slash noco cinema podcast and vote on that thread okay we need you to vote on that thread otherwise i'm basically going to make him watch uh Polly shore movies <laughs> i'm going to find seven movies that feature Polly shore please or no. maybe just encino man for seven days straight that's interesting that's one movie <laughs> you have to watch it seven times in a row that's a possibility if you guys pick one movie if if you decide that there's one movie you want one of us to watch for seven days in a row, I'd be open to that. Idea. This ain't no Phantom Thread, people. It's gonna be there. <laughs> tensions anyway, are high. Tensions are incredibly high. All right. So thank you so much for listening to this very special Oscar mini episode. Uh, we will still have our regular episode up this Monday. Uh, we're going to be talking to the fantastic Gordon McAlpin, who is the creator of a little comic, a little web comic called Multiplex, something that I've been reading since for years. Wait, yeah, way before. Before I started doing this podcast, I am so fantastically excited to be talking to him because he is turning that webcomic into a short film. It's coming out on the 29th, on the day that we have the conversation. So you will be able to listen to the conversation, watch the short, or watch the short, listen to the conversation, however you want to do it. It's going to be great. So be on the lookout for that this Monday on the 29th. Uh, Connor, uh, Good luck to you, sir. And good luck to you, sir, as well. The Game of Games. Welcome to the Game of Games. We do have full goblets of wine here, and we will, as is our tradition, we will cross arms and Uh, drink from each other's cupeths, drinketh from one another's cup. Oh, God. Did you have to pick Merlot? Yeah, we we both have terrible table manners, don't we? Just uh, This is an audible drink. (laughs) 
All right. Uh, see you guys on Monday. This is No Coast Cinema here on WGM Plus. We are your guide to cinema here in the city of Chicago and all around the world. I'm Tom Hush. And I'm Connor Cornelius. And we'll see you soon.